The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, it's Chris Jericho. You're listening to the Rough House Podcast featuring the sexiest beast in all of Maryland and surrounding areas, the illustrious Chris. And Marty. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hello, everybody. Welcome, Rough House Podcast, coming at you. I'm Marty. Uh, I'm Christoph. We're live, pal. Yeah, we are live, and on a rare Saturday record. Yeah, I got a little uh, vacation happening uh, my way. Yeah, uh, kind of to my chagrin, but we're doing it anyway. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, hey, <laughs> so you're... getting it to you. I'm sure, not sure when it's going to be posted. It may be posted at the regular time on Monday, but just know that we're recording it on Saturday morning. Yes, yes, an entire 24 hours earlier than usual. But hey, we still got a lot to talk about. Eyeballs have been removed. Uh, <laughs> Sengoku's yes. have been lorded. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Cody's faced uh, uh, an independent wrestling challenger and has another one coming down the pike. Um, uh, and even more people have popped up in Impact Wrestling. Uh, it's it's been uh, another roller coaster of a week. And really, I guess we'll just kind of start at the top here. Extreme Rules was Sunday night. And it did have the eye for an eye match, which was lost by Rey Mysterio Jr. as a ping pong ball appeared in his hand in the middle of the match. I want to know who was tasked backstage with painting said ping pong ball to resemble <laughs> an eyeball. Like, do they have some like art student full sail like on commission just back there? Little uh, little glasses zooming in, and just a really fine paintbrush, yeah, 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 putting yeah. some veins he's, on he's there. He's got sort like of those thing. jeweler glasses on, and he's yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what uh, what what Dana Barrett was wearing while restoring the painting in Ghostbusters too? Yes, or or they just got the old guy from. Toy Story 2 to show up <laughs> with little machines and whatnot. Oh, and that he's, guy, he's yeah. Painting the eyeball. Cool. Um, so, fun fact about that match apparently, uh, it, it, unsurprisingly, it was pre taped, but the version we saw was not the version shot as there was an alternate uh, uh, effect used for the eyeball that Vince McMahon found disgusting. 
Oh, he found it disgusting. I thought he just didn't like it. Uh, yeah, he well, uh, he didn't like it because he found it disgusting. So therefore, uh, that was not in the mix. So uh, look forward to two months from now when the uh, unrated director's cut yes, comes out on yeah. Blu-ray yeah. Uh, with commentary by the sniveling, uh, nasally voice of Seth Rollins, um, <laughs> who subsequently vomited after yes. removing said eyeball. Blood uh, and guts, literally. Literally. Now, I'm, I'm curious what kind of editing was done. Did he I'm, – I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about the method of yeah, 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 Seth's yeah. acting here. Did yes. he uh, take some syrup of uh, Ipecac or something? Did he uh, have a mouthful of fake vomit that he just spewed out? Uh, was he legitimately drawn to vomit and its actual stomach bile? Considering they made Drake Maverick shoot pee his pants, I'm going to assume Seth had to figure out how to retch on TV. That's an, that's an interesting Google search history right there. <laughs> How do vomit on command? Unfortunately, I think there are some w- websites that will walk you through how to do that. Right. Well, yeah. you know, it's the Internet. You'll yeah, find I mean, whatever you'll kind find of depravity you're looking want, for. There. Yeah. Um, just really, really weird. Also, speaking of weird things from Extreme Rules, uh, it, it felt like, although it was later kind of debunked uh, on Raw... Uh, it felt like we had a new Raw Women's Champion as uh, Sasha Banks, quote-unquote, won over Asuka after the ref was knocked out. Bailey ran in the ring, put the ref shirt on herself, counted the three count, made uh, the timekeeper ring the bell. That's all you got to do. That That's a good gimmick right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, uh, you know what? Credit where credit is due. They were promoting the whole uh, Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, Extreme Rules uh, main event. And the idea was that Dolph would name the stipulation when he got there. The stipulation was, and I quote, Dolph gets to use Extreme Rules. McIntyre does not. Man. That creativity from the uh, drinking water in Hollywood, Florida really gets you going there, huh? I, I will say it's... It, it was not what I was anticipating. I thought it was going to be kind of a box dinner, like, it's a cage match. It's a, you know, right. it's a Tables last match. man standing or, or, you know, something stupid. I thought that was clever, uh, vaguely clever. That, clever that it's enough. like, I, I get to use the rules against you and you don't. But what's interesting is, and apparently this is the, the route the WWE is going, pretty much everything on Extreme Rules built to rematches that are going to be on Raw and SmackDown in subsequent weeks. Right, yeah. So the special events are, are now, you know, it's it's the reverse. Yes. You know, used to have Raws and SmackDowns built to pay-per-view matches. Yes. Now the special events, uh, as they're mostly known by now, build to Raw and SmackDown to pop the ratings because the ratings are shit. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's the wild wrestling world of 2020 happening yeah. right here. So we're going to be getting an, an Asuka and Sasha Banks rematch on Raw. Uh, this coming week, we're going to get a rematch for the uh, WWE title between McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, uh, where this time McIntyre gets to pick the step. Wouldn't be shocked if he just ends up picking. He gets extreme rules and Dolph doesn't. Um, and all of it is clearly working as Raw drew the second lowest viewership in its history. And next week, they got sports to go against. Yeah, I know. Baseball is back, and is that it? Is NBA that it? NBA is going to be back. NBA is back too. Okay. Yeah. What about the hockey? What about uh, the hockey? Sticks? I don't know what's going on with hockey. Oh, and and there's a chance that they'll have uh, NASCAR to go against too. 
on a Monday. Uh, they've been doing weird nights for for uh, for the different races lately. I mean, like they're. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. NXT and Dynamite were against a, a NASCAR race. How uh, those rednecks keeping that schedule together? I have no idea, man. Man, son, I wake up on Sunday, <laughs> slap my wife, I go to church and pray, I have a fried chicken meal, then I watch NASCAR. That's my Sunday with a case of Schlitz, <laughs> and, that, and that's their Sunday. Now, now it's in the, on a Monday night or, or a Wednesday. They don't know when to smack their wife. Very, very. Very true. It's, Damn, Redneck's in a tizzy right now. Yes, yes. Uh, on the SmackDown side of things, both talking about Extreme Rules and also uh, the show itself proper, uh, the Jeff hardy Sheamus bar fight did not happen on Extreme Rules and got moved to SmackDown. Oh, okay, all right. I was going to say, I got like two emails about it yesterday. Yes, yes. Uh, it was, was supposed to be a part of, of Extreme oh, Rules. Okay. They instead put it on SmackDown. Um, I heard was it was Jack actually, too drunk? I have no idea. Maybe they needed an extra day of editing because it was a, a cinematic style match. And <sighs> in terms of cinematic style matches, uh, Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman at Extreme Rules ended up being essentially a mini horror film, uh, which included such weird things as time displaced 2016 Braun Strowman attacking current Braun Strowman. Uh, Braun Strowman being tempted by a uh, ethereal version of Alexa Bliss, as I guess Team Little Big is now canon as being more than just friends. Um, and watch that tape in a heartbeat. I know. Uh, and uh, after Bray Wyatt lost, we even had a post-credit teaser of The Fiend popping up. Right. Yes. Okay. So, in the immortal words, as I have always hoped... Of Howard Finkel. This feud must continue. We got to find a way to work your Finkel in every show. That's good <laughs> shit. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. Also, um, in the realm of SmackDown, we have yeah. new tag champs. Yeah, new, new tag champs as uh, Nakamura and Cesaro won in a tables match. So good for them. You know what? They've they've been one of the few watchable things on SmackDown. Actually. All indications, I haven't watched the show yet myself, but all indications were last night's SmackDown contained more than a few things that were watchable. As Also, there was uh, a super entertaining four-way to see who's going to be facing AJ Styles between Grand Metalik, Lindsay Dorado, um, it was, oh, Drew Gulak, and um, uh, what's his name? Chad Gable, yes. Uh, is he still Shorty G? Uh, he was listed as Chad Gable when I when oh, I read the. Uh, okay. Oh, okay, that's a step in the right direction. Now, granted, that might have just been the the place where I read the uh, results, right? Um, but uh, Grin Metalik ended up winning and will be facing AJ Styles for the Intercontinental <laughs> Title this coming week <laughs> at, on SmackDown. Okay, I was going to say at SummerSlam, Grin Metalik's <laughs> getting a title shot. That's uh. All I could think was, so word had come out this week that apparently Edge is working on the Raw creative team and Daniel Bryan's working on the SmackDown creative team now. All I could think was, this had to be Daniel Bryan's work. Yeah, that definitely reeks of uh, the Planet's champion right there. Uh, Is he even around? Because isn't Bree about to pop any 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 time now? He is not. He's he's been popping up via Zoom uh, when necessary, but he has not actually been on the show. Right. Um, That's what I was. That's what I was wondering because he's one of the few you know stars. (laughs) <laughs> that they actually have on SmackDown, and I haven't heard anything about him recently. And then, you know, 
having followed, and I don't think we ever talked about this as much as I wanted to, um, the, Brie, <laughs> the Brie and Nikki simultaneous pregnancy. Uh, a couple weeks ago, when they posted both their, twins uh, pregnant at the same time, whoa! The, the the twin magic tasteful preggers nudes, and um, I was uh, I was I was shook. Yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> it, that yeah, that, you that were. hit me in the right spot, if you will. Yes. That's uh, that's a kind of a lining of a couple different kinks in my uh, <laughs> my head there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But also on SmackDown this week, worth noting, Kofi Kingston giving a speech to Big E about how now is his time and he should make a solo run. Oh, all right. All right. uh... I recognize that's clearly not where the storyline's going because Bray Wyatt cut a promo about Braun Strowman unleashing the Fiend. But if you give me Braun and Big E at SummerSlam, I would watch that in a heartbeat. Yes, I would, but I would also quite enjoy AJ Styles versus Big E. You know what? If I were to watch SummerSlam, which I probably won't. You know what? That's that's a great one, too. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we've long here at the Rough House, uh, probably until we're horse, uh, mentioned that we want Big E to get his big solo run. And, again, uh, wouldn't be shocked if this is the work of one Daniel Bryan because he is, in many an interview, said Big E is a guy who deserves a solo run. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let, let's fucking do the thing, man. Pull that trigger. Let's get Biggie running solo. Uh, and, and I like the idea that the New Day continues to push and support each other into whatever their next direction is. How about that, huh? The yeah. longest running faction in WWE history, Yeah, I think. Yeah. So, uh, like, continuously. A, a faction that continuously supports and furthers each other, unlike yeah. certain factions who let their guy get beat down and not show oh, up until it's oh, time we'll, we'll, we'll for get a title shot. Yeah, we'll yeah. get into that. Yeah, we will get there. Because I got vaults. We will get there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's enough where SmackDown sounds vaguely interesting versus the past, I don't know, six months to a year of SmackDown just sounding like a show that is happening on autopilot. Okay. What's uh what's the sitch with uh Baron Corbin? Is he still a thing? Baron Corbin's still a thing. Uh he is feuding with Matt Riddle. And uh, last night's twist was Baron Corbin has put a bounty out on Matt Riddle. Now, they didn't say how much the bounty was for. Okay. Because I'm thinking no one in that company understands what a logical amount of money is. Yeah. <laughs> but, Fair point. But he was putting a bounty on the head of, uh, of Matt Riddle. 25 quid. Yes. Uh, and going after said bounty last night was Roughhouse favorite Pretty Dece Tony Nice. Okay. All right. Why doesn't if I'm Baron Corbin, I'm probably recruiting uh, uh, Santos Escobar and his crew of uh, oh, yeah. luchadors from uh, from NXT to come up and uh, you know handle business. Yeah, no, that that would be awesome. I'd actually be really into that. But I also, you know, really, really like uh, Baron Corbin. I know. Yes, yes, I, <laughs> I, 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 I love me some some B core. Yeah, that's what I call him. <laughs> Is, oh, is, okay. yeah, is, yeah. Is, is that on yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, the B-Core? My, my boy B-Core. B-Core um, hanging out with Manticore. <laughs> Listening to some hardcore. Yes, yes. Uh, on the Impact side of things, uh, we have new tag team champions as the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. 
uh, beat the North of Ethan Page and uh, Josh Alexander. I did track this match down specifically, and it was pretty damn fun. Uh, if it had a crowd, it would have been a lot more fun. But yeah. yeah, Impact made me watch a thing. I mean, this was a big week for you between uh, Motor City Machine Guns picking up some gold and yeah. uh, the King showing up on uh, on Dynamite. All my favorites are having a moment right now, man. Yeah. Really, I, I could have had a hat trick today if if that finish, if that <laughs> false finish had been a real finish. Uh, uh, the actual finish wasn't yes. it. Yes, we'll, we'll get there. But uh, uh, also on Impact, we had another WWE cast off make his official debut as Brian Myers appeared on Impact. Ye old Kurt Hawkins. Not really something that I think is going to move the needle for me, but I know they have that big major wrestling podcast uh, or, or wrestling figure, figure podcast thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. cult, which I, I'm guessing will will help. That reminds me, someone actually did pull together viewership figures for Impact the past few weeks. Okay. Uh, this past week, this past Tuesday's episode was uh, the best since May. Do you want to guess how many viewers Impact is getting on access i'm gonna say three hundred thousand. the rating for tuesday night show their best in three months was this total viewers total viewers okay one hundred and sixty four thousand. okay that's not that's not earth shattering <laughs> no no uh, i i just i still kind of wonder what what the end game is for anthem's sliding in and buying an entire network but you know how many houses is it, uh, access in you know i don't know i don't know Let, hang on let's see if the google machine can tell me uh because it's, it's not basic cable like a tnt or a usa so it doesn't have that sort of reach is it available in let's see 50 million households okay that's <laughs> by comparison quite a, tnt a small percentage Let's see, TNT, the network, is available in 89 million households. Okay, that's actually more, you know, the ratio between uh, Access and TNT. That's that's more for Access than I imagined. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it's about half, which uh, definitely doesn't say great things about impact ratings, that they're, you know, let's call it um, a fifth. Of uh, of what they're getting over at uh, uh, AEW, but you know it is yeah. what it is. But they're trying, you know. They, they are. Uh, they they, they absolutely scooped are. up a lot of talent that had become available, uh, you know. So that's that's happening. I'm wondering, you know, now they have all this, all these WWE castoffs. Mm-hmm. Are they going to fall into old habits and do some kind of main event mafia sort of uh, bullshittery again? You know, I don't know. I, I certainly hope not. I certainly hope they try to find a way to make each guy shine. Because the last thing you want, even though they're all coming in together, is to feel like just one semblance yeah. of, of people. You know, like one giant uh, stable or something. Um, they've done a good job of separating all of these new folks on television. But, uh, you know, I could see where one would just be like, oh, it's all the ex-WWE guys. Uh, yeah. I, I think really the thing more than anything else I, is I feel like Impact needs to find their lane. They need, yeah. they, you know, they have a really good roster on paper now. 
they just need to find their things that make them stand out and and work as a company and you know you can get all of the talent in the world but if you don't have kind of like a vision there's there's not really much to dig into so uh i, I could I, apply to wwe as well well yeah yeah <laughs> I, I recognize it's it's basically a disease that is all throughout professional wrestling ring of honor too you could say the same yeah. um but i i really think you know having an idea of you know we're the hardcore company we're the entertainment company whatever because like they started something on impact this week called wrestle house which is supposed to be like a, a fake reality show during the show that a whole okay. bunch of wrestlers live in a house together um and it's like i don't i don't know who this is for <laughs> Are, is impact still doing their like um hidden camera sort of document documenting what's happening sort of style not as much they they okay. still have like that look and feel like whatever the the frame rate and all is to make it you know have right. that feel but it's not it's not quite the same as it was in say the hogan bischoff era gotcha okay yeah, yeah. um but yeah I, I i really especially because of how many talented people are on that roster i i do want them to succeed you know that uh, all the influx of talent you know between slammiversary last week and and this week um, is enough where it makes me sit up and take notice. I would like for there to be a third or fourth wrestling company in the U.S. that I'm actually, you know, interested in watching. Right. Uh, so uh, I, I do hope they figure it out. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about New Japan, Chris. Uh, <sighs> so uh, we had two New Japan shows this week. Monday brought New Japan Road, which really the only thing worth watching was the main event, the six-man tag between LIJ and Bullet Club, LIJ being Hiromu, uh, Tetsuya Naito, and Bushi against Evil, Dick Togo, and Taiji Ishimori. Um, unsurprisingly, Bushi ate the fall no. in that match. Yes. Bushi? Yes. Get out of here. Yes. Uh, but book so strongly. But in the wee hours of this morning, our time, we had this Ngoku Lord show. Uh, one thing that is worth noting is Hanma and Yoda Suji were both pulled off the show due to contact with someone who had COVID. So uh, okay. responsibility the, the taking place continue. there. Um, yeah. Also of note, before we talk about you know like the key matches from the show. Uh, they announced August 29th they will be doing an outdoor show uh, at Jingu Stadium, which is a baseball stadium in Japan called Summer Struggle. <laughs> Man, I feel that that title in my heart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the big matches started with Kazuchika Okada versus Yujiro Takahashi going a brisk 13 minutes. Jesus. Uh, yeah. How was this not over in two? <laughs> hey, that is a two-minute match for Okada. Uh, that's true. Yeah, uh, match length is something that uh, I think New Japan needs to readdress sometime soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I can say that about tonight's main event, and I can yeah. say that about uh, uh, in terms of things you need to consider. Something that one Jushin Liger was complaining about at the end of the show. Um We'll we'll talk about that when we get there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, fucking Taji Ishimori and a young lion went like fifteen minutes. Yeah. Why? Yeah. 
I have no idea. I mean, I get you want to showcase how your young lions are uh, advancing and and coming along, but as a guy like Taji Ishimori, a multiple-time champion, and as we'll see later, looks like he's going for the title again, mm-hmm. um, should be able to dispatch a young lion in under in single digits. Oh, you know, 100%. Not, 100%. not 10 minutes plus. Yes. Uh, you know, I guess you can want to pat out the the show but fuck man you know and i didn't even watch the match i'm just skipping through and i keep hitting skip and i'm like this match is still fucking happening how about yeah, that yeah ujiro ends up tapping out to the cobra clutch finish that okada has been using as of late so that continues to be sold but this was definitely by all uh by all uh responses is definitely not like the ujiro coming out party that everyone was thinking now and it's really weird this card was really weird because yeah. you know you had Okada in a singles match, you know, third from the top, but not in a main event style match against a definitely not main event player. Right. You had Naito, the guy who was just your double champ a week or two ago. It was a week ago, wasn't yeah, it? Or it, was, it, was, it was a week and change. Like, yeah. yeah. So he was just your double champ. And now he's in a six man halfway through the card. Yeah. Um, you've got, you know, uh, Tanahashi and Ibushi in a 10 man tag. Mm hmm. That's they're just kind of there. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad. It's just weird because I think we're so used to uh, how other companies book things that the top guys are always at the top. You know, you're you're not going to see Randy Orton curtain jerking, uh, you know, putting on a a 15 minute uh, match against fucking, you know, uh, Apollo Crews or somebody. I don't right, know. Even right. though he's a champion right now, it's probably a bad example. But you get my, you get the point. You know, um, yeah. It's it's just weird. But to counteract even what I just said, I'm glad that Hiromu is getting a shot to main event a pay per view. Uh, I'm you know to and to a certain extent, uh, Evil you know getting the shot with the titles main eventing. They're right. what's called making new stars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're absolutely doing it. By the way. Uh, to to sort of jump on on two of those things, uh, one uh, I would be weirdly intrigued by Randy Orton going fifteen minutes with Apollo <laughs> Cruz, like I yeah, I, re- I recognize I, I recognize I'm thinking about it in the like perfect world scenario, not you know this is gonna be fifteen minutes of another headlock Randy, like right. I'm thinking Randy Orton going I'm gonna elevate this kid, like that sounds interesting as hell, uh, but sure. it's unfortunate that we wouldn't see that, um. I, I think also what we're seeing overall, though, is a changing of the guard. New Japan only sort of has its top three, top four guys. Yeah. And for longest time, that was Okada, uh, Naito, Tanahashi, and some variant of Ibushi, Omega, Jay White, yeah. etc. I think we're starting to see that that guard change. I, I have no doubt that Okada is going to remain one of those guys, but I think Okada's on the back burner right now. I think Tanahashi is getting closer and closer to joining the New Japan Dad Squad than yeah. you know being a top guy, which I mean, hell of a career, you know. Uh, I, and and considering how injury prone he has been in recent years, I'm more than fine with him dropping down to a Nagata, Tenzan, Kojima level star. Yeah. What's interesting though is it feels like Naito's you know going to be like the top face right now. And he's not what he was even a year ago. Like, yeah. uh, you, you could definitely see the wear and tear of his style. You know, it's it hit him and it's hit him hard. And 
I don't know how long he can be in that spot. I mean, the the fact that I and I recognize we're kind of jumping the gun and, and talking about the show. The fact that the end of the show seemed to be building to Evil Nido too. I'm not really into that. Like I I would be fine with Nido being mid card for a bit, and you know, let's try Evil Ibushi. Let's try evil goto let's try evil ishi you know there there's a, a number of different guys where it's like hey let's let's mix it up and get some defenses on evil and make that worthwhile what boggled my mind to pile on there is yeah naito came out eventually for the save and yeah, yeah they're building to evil naito too where the fuck was sonata if yeah. i'm sonata yeah Looking at Evil, the guy that I was uh, a tag team with for Lord knows how long, yeah. turned his years back and on years you and, and years. your boys, um, and he has nothing to fucking say or do about it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, not, it, not that I necessarily want to see that headlining a paper or, uh, you know, a big show. Yeah. Um, but still, it, it would like, be an interesting match to headline a show because you do have the history. You do have, yeah. you know, these these former partners. But um, again, we'll, we'll get into that before we do, though. Uh, we had Shingo Takagi defending the Never Open Weight Championship against El Desperado. I haven't a chance to watch this yet. Chris, I know you're a number one Shingo fan. Uh, can you please tell me how that was? It was solid. Um, not, not top tier Shingo matches. Uh, Despy worked over Shingo's left knee, the majority of the match, mm-hmm. um, with a really awesome stretch muffler pinning predicament in there as well. That was really cool looking. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it wasn't, it was, it was, you know, technically sound, but it didn't blow the roof off the place. You know, Shingo uh, hit his big shit and uh, and retained eventually, uh, thankfully. Uh, yeah. And that's not a slight on Desperado because I'm a fan of his as well. But, you know, Shingo's my fucking dude. So yes. uh, happy to see him retain. It was solid. I, it's not – I wouldn't say it's a must-see. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if you have the time, I wouldn't skip it. Right on. Right on. And then the main event, of course, was Evil defending the IWGP heavyweight and IWGP intercontinental titles against IWGP junior heavyweight champion Hiromu Takahashi. I will say that this match took a while to get started, get really rolling, but once it did, I really enjoyed it. Evil randomly deciding at a point he's going to be like 2014 era Brock Lesnar and just throw out all the German suplexes. I was all about it. I had... I, I, I recognize, you know, I was not part of the show at the time. I never understood why people hated German suplex spamming Brock. I love I it. love that match yeah. and that era. Yeah. I mean, if you're Brock Lesnar, why wouldn't you do that? Exactly. And also, to be honest, it's how I played most wrestling video games. <laughs> <laughs> touché, spamming release, release Germans all day, every day. But if you look at the size differential, you know, uh, Evil is a bigger gentleman to uh, to Hiromu. I mean, yeah. Hiromu is a junior, technically. Yeah. So, you know, doing that makes sense. And it gave Hiromu a lot of good fire up and comeback spots yes. uh, that were really, really good, even before the ref bump. Which, you know, if Red Shoe's in a match, you know he's taking a bump at some point. Yeah. Um, I I, I will say I did enjoy the point where uh, it was about halfway through the match. Evil tried to sub a magic killer with Red Shoes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He picked up uh, Hiromu, threw the feet up on on, uh, Red Shoes' shoulders, and Red Shoes just tossed Hiromu away. I thought that was really clever. Yeah. but but uh, as Siri, what'd you find, Siri? Yeah, as Siri <laughs> seems to to think I was speaking to her. Um, 
you dumb bitch. <laughs> I I I enjoyed a lot of this match. There were definitely moments where I full on was you know, I, I, I bit I bit hard. Like yeah. Hiromo hit not only the time bomb but the time bomb too, which we haven't seen in a while. Uh and you know, two point nine 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 on those falls, and I yeah. thought we were gonna see Hiromu become the new top guy, which would have been uh, astonishing. But yes, there was a ref bump. Red shoes went down. Dick Togo, there were two of them, really. Well, yeah, true. Uh, but uh, Dick Togo comes in wearing his pimp white suit, uh, and uh, along with like a cable or something to choke out Hiromu. Yeah, that's what he used on Naito uh, at uh, Dominion as well, which yeah. I don't love because yeah. it's, it's it's a step away from shoot murder. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know he's not really wrenching it back. Uh, but at the same time, you know, maybe I'm just so used to a PG presentation of, uh, of, of WWE where they don't, you know, ask Daniel Bryan, they don't choke people on the TV. Exactly. Um, so maybe that's what it, why it's so, uh, jarring to me. Um, but you know, I guess it makes sense in the situation, but Hiromu fought his way out of that, hit a, uh, hit the time bomb on Dick Togo, um, but uh, and then he, you know, goes for the time bomb two on evil. And then we think he, this is the one where we really think he had it one, two. And then Togo pulls uh, pulls red shoes out. That was the second ref bump. And at that point, I'm like, OK, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of it. I mean, Hiromu had maybe another comeback. Uh, but at that point, um, after a low blow and being choked out a second time, yeah, that was that was pretty much it for for old Hiromu there. Yeah. And of course, the thing that was so frustrating is you have these moments where Dick Togo gets involved and everything. No Eve or sorry, no Sonata, no yeah. Naito, no, no Shingo, no Bushi, Come not even on. Bushi. Like yeah. if Bushi ran out and got lame duck killed. Fine. I get it. At least somebody ran out. Yeah, but, I was thinking like as I was watching, like, well, are they going to debut somebody new for L.I.J. here? Right, right, right. You know, yeah. I kept waiting for something to happen while the match was still going on. Yeah. I mean, I know they're ungovernable, but they just don't give a fuck about each other. Yeah. I mean, yeah. aside from Hiromu, you know, yeah. who gives a shit about, you know, his boys. Exactly. But yeah. Fuck. I mean, I know Shingo just had a match prior. He may have been in the showers, but fuck, man. It's just it doesn't make sense. You know? Yeah. yeah. It, it was it was a definite bummer. Um, and post match, uh, again, as we talked about. Uh, Taji Shimori came out, continued to beat down, got in the face of Hiromo. So I guess we're going to get that run back and Naito comes out. Yeah, totally fine with that. But Naito comes out and, uh, you know, gets in the face of evil. I'm guessing that's going to be the main event of Summer Struggle. We will see, though. Uh, I'm sure there's probably going to be like a a special New Japan press conference on Monday or something to talk about what, you know, the next few shows are and the lineups accordingly. And I stayed off. I stayed off Twitter to avoid spoilers. Usually Chris Charlton breaks down what is said at, at, you know, in those post-match promos and stuff. So I got to go back and and read those, Which, which brings me to the bit that I did read. Um, which was after the show. So Liger was on commentary for the show and and for the main event. Liger was ranting and raving, I assume in kayfabe, that the IWGP, uh, what's it, division or... or Heavyweight division. Or or whatever the group is that, like, controls the the titles and whatnot. Oh, okay. There's an actual name for it. IWGP something. Anyway, he says that they really need to do something about all the interference. Okay. Yeah. 
And he's right. He, yeah, he's not <laughs> wrong at all. So if if the idea is that between New Japan, because there was a lot of interference between New Japan Cup, uh, Dominion, yeah. and this Sengoku Lord show, if the idea is we're now going to see some sort of decision for management, quote unquote, I mean, this yeah. could have been just Liger, you know, doing his job as a commentator. But if if there is an actual storyline thing that's going to happen about cutting down on the interference or something, I'm super here for it because I, I think I think it's time for them to put that yeah. trope away for a while. It's getting it's gotten a little out of hand. Yeah. But then, you know, like the overbooked ridiculousness of this main event match with two ref bumps and all this interference and it happened. uh happened earlier in the show i don't remember i was zipping through but um you know I, i'm sure you, you had gato out there with yujiro so i'm sure something happened uh between gato and okada in that match as well right, right. um so yeah it's uh you know fine the um uh competitors if they put their hands on the ref intentionally you know have not have seconds at ring band seconds from ringside mm-hmm. you know something like have a second ref i don't fucking know uh something or just stop doing it I mean, it's, it's starting to you know, it's become an eye rolling sort of thing that really bothers me and annoys me about New Japan. I don't like to to pick nits with New Japan, uh, but that's certainly one of them. No, I'm 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 a hundred percent with you. No wrestling company is without its flaws, and <laughs> these are some certain flaws that have been very much elevated throughout this uh, post pandemic period. So uh, yeah, let, let let let's fix that up, guys. Let's tighten that and up. To 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 put a bow on New Japan, um, I think. Today's show kind of proves that uh, Hiromu is nothing but a main event superstar. 100%. In that company, man. He's just so much fun to watch. The passion comes through. He's crazy with his maneuvers. Everything about the guy just screams superstardom. That fucking jacket, peacock style jacket. I I love the guy. he's, He's outstanding. He's. You know, just uh, just a joy to watch. And, you know, if he's going to carry the banner for the juniors for a while yeah. with an occasional pop in for uh, for a heavy match, I'm, I'm fucking here for it right there with you. Oh, and, and before we totally wrap up on New Japan, uh, it was announced during uh, this week's episode of uh, Lionsgate Collision, um, the New Japan US show, which has been airing yeah. Friday nights, which actually is really fun. I, I watched an episode or two this week. Um, I haven't. I'm hopefully trying to get a couple of them in on my vacation. Uh, it's it, it's a real easy, simple watch. I'm not going to sit right. here and say it's like the best wrestling show ever, but it's really effective. And uh, Carl Fredericks definitely is a star and a half. Um, but uh, they announced there's going to be a, starting in August uh, another show. I don't know if it's going to be more U.S. tapings or what, but it's going to be called NJPW Strong, and that will start on August 7th. So They definitely have their uh, phrases that they love to go to the well to. <laughs> yes. yes, they Strong, do. struggle, spirit. Strength. You know. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, before we wrap up for the day, uh, you know, I, we've just been zooming through things. I just looked. We're only 36 minutes in. This is This is a fast one for us. Hey man, yeah, <laughs> I'm on vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris, ready? Hit that door. Um, <laughs> I gotta hit the liquor store. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about those Wednesday night wars, NXT and Dynamite. Neither show set up as being special. It was just a regular night. Although I would argue, probably one of the best Dynamites ever. Full stop. Uh, just in terms of not. I mean, there were good matches, but like, you know. 
storyline progression, promos, yeah. segments, etc. It ruled, and it was actually a pretty good NXT as well. Uh, have you had a chance to watch any of NXT yet, Chris? Yeah, I've watched everything. I'm completely up to date on my okay. my uh, of what I normally watch. So it was teased that NXT was going to be kicking off with a special announcement from William Regal. Uh, the mm-hmm. way he wrote it made it sound like he might possibly be leaving his GM saying, you know, being as being a general manager has been one of the joys of his life and all that. Nope. Wasn't anything like that at all. It was Keith Lee announcing he was going to be forfeiting the NXT North American title. So in case you were wondering, did they just randomly combine titles to pop a rating considering it's been all of two weeks since he's won the belt? He's given it up. So yes, yes, they did. If you had to guess what the age of uh, uh, Lord Stephen Regal, William Regal, Darren Kenneth Matthews, yes, what do you think is what, how old do you think he is? Uh, forty-seven. Really, I thought I feel like he. I don't know. I feel like he's older than that. He is, but I feel like he's much older. He's only fifty-two. Fifty-two. Okay, he's fifty-two. Okay. I. I don't know. I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's his stately presence that makes him seem more, you know. Um, I mean, he's he's always been a guy that like since WCW, he's looked twice his age. Yeah, I was going to like even. Yeah, he looked like he was 40 back then. I mean, Part of that was, you know, he's fucked up on drinks and painkillers. But the other part of it was like he just looked like an old doddering British guy. Like, that's really what it yeah. was. And, yeah. you know, you look back and you realize like he was 28 on nitro or whatever and it's like oh well <laughs> right it looks like him and brendan gleason uh mad eye moody are just like palling around in bruise or something like that i don't know it's right, uh right. he looks of that sort of sort of thing i don't i just right. as you were talking about retirement uh with him i thought maybe <clears throat> i just look i 52 shocked me um because yeah. i thought maybe if it was a retirement then it would be maybe because of being around the covid thing with his age yeah. being uh susceptible or something like that and he's only 52 yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the way that they are going to be settling the uh, determination of a new NXT Ooh. North American champion so is clever. a series of triple threat matches. The winners of mi- winners of which uh, get put into a ladder match for the North American title. Which, hey, at least historically, that's how the North first North American champion was determined. So I'll give them that. Uh, but yes, they will be facing off at the thirtieth. NXT TakeOver or NXT TakeOver Triple X. If they don't get Vin Diesel to like fucking parachute out of a... Oh, that's right. He was in the second one, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, when he regenerated I've, into the second Triple X, yes. I've seen neither of them. Isn't <laughs> Sam Jackson in those as well? Uh, he was in the first one. I can't recall if he was in the second or the third. Uh, but yeah, there have, been, there have been three. Two with Really? Vin there Diesel. were three? Who was, yes. in the, who was in the third? Vin Diesel. They went back to Vin. Okay. Yeah. All I know about the Triple X movie is that the first Triple X soundtrack had Hatebreed on it, which was like a big thing for Hatebreed at the time. So I'm like, fuck sure. yeah, Hatebreed. And like, <laughs> I think the, the video for Maybe I Will Be Heard, I don't remember what it was. It was something yeah. from their Perseverance album, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it had like Triple X uh, cut up in there. And I was like, all right, fuck yeah, Hatebreed. You get it, Jamie Jasta. Yeah. So the show kicked off proper, (laughs) at least with the wrestling, as Dexter Loomis went against Killian Dane, and Loomis defeated Killian Dane clean in the middle. Absolutely none of the stuff related to the Robert Stone brand last week came into play during this match. No, and I noticed, um, I don't know if I've ever paid attention to it before, Dexter Loomis' theme is like a ripoff of the Stranger Things theme. Yes. Uh, 100%. 100% Uh, is. 
even though his character is more like a ripoff of Dexter um, in certain ways. I guess that was more Sam Shaw and TNA, but yeah. elements of that have come over. The the storyline, uh, ke- his character is he's a big Netflix enthusiast. He really likes streaming services. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't wait for him to come out with a with a cool axe and a Charlie's there on a haircut in a couple weeks to to pull off a, an old guard themed uh, match here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's do that. <laughs> no doubt. Huh? Uh, so to can we get David Spade to show up and. Uh, <laughs> We can have uh, the wrong Missy with David Spade and Dexter Loomis, perhaps. <laughs> we do that. Dexter can, Loomis, uh, can, of course, can in Gerard the Lord show up. Oh, Jesus Christ! This yeah. is this would have been a great we, out, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we we can have Gerard Way show up and perform the Umbrella Academy theme song uh, and bring uh bring Dexter Loomis to the ring. <laughs> I think that would work. Can we, let's just find a way to put Ellen Page on NXT. That's that's really all we need to do at this point. I love me some Ellen Page. Same. She's great. No, I'm with you. She's she's wonderful. She's a joy. Um, to hype up tonight or that, that night's yeah. uh, triple threat match, uh, it was a backstage skit with Roddy Strong, Johnny Gargano, and Bronson Reed. What kind of a weird trio, by the way? It's yeah. not as weird as next week's match, which we'll we'll talk about when we get there. Uh, but I was just like. I guess I can see those three against each, go against each other. And yes, the match ended up being very good, but the, they had the stupid backstage promo with the three of them that really didn't does, do much for me. Does Roddy Strong look sickly to you? I feel like he's lost some weight. He he gets creepily ripped at times, and in turn he looks super... Like, he looks almost like... He looks almost emaciated. Yeah, yeah. He looks like someone just put a vague layer of skin on one of those, like anatomical models like yeah he, he gets creepy ripped sometimes yeah and then taught him how to do 500 backbreakers yes yeah I mean, johnny gargano is <laughs> the same problem sometimes where he just looks That's like true he's muscle wearing tights like it's yeah it, and, and not like brian gage muscle just like right you know again anatomical Sinu. model yes yeah yes it's weird yeah. bronson reed does not have that problem no no, he does not have that issue in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Brazango squashed Everrise as Brazango. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, uh, Brazango came out as the Mountie. <laughs> I mean, Breeze is Canadian. Is Dango Canadian? I don't think he's from like Maine or something. Um, right? I know he got trained by uh, Lance Storm, so he, he? at least spent okay, some time I... in Canada. But I know uh, Breeze did. Uh... So, okay, yeah, I was wondering about that. Uh, I mean, Maine, he lives in Maine. That's right by Canada, so might as well be. Yeah, why not? Um, Dominic Dijakovic cut a promo for his match against Karrion Cross. So the Karrion Cross smashed his head into concrete, but tonight he's getting a fresh Dominic Dijakovic. Okay. Yep. Um, Shotzi Blackheart ended up defeating Aaliyah as the Robert Stone storyline continues on. They're not missing much of anything. Uh, Mercedes Martinez post-match beat up Shotzi Blackheart. Oh, yeah. She joined the Robert Stone brand? No, she did not officially join no. it. But uh, uh, okay. they're, they're hinting that it might happen. Oh, All right. Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, we had a vignette hyping Isaiah Swerve Scott showing Swerve in Didn't the studio. That. Rapping. Because I guess that's what he does. Like like legit rapping or like just you know chatting rapping. Legit like, rapping. Legit okay. rapping. Okay. Is he, was it any good? Is he spitting bars? I I thought it was better than Leo Rush, but that's not <laughs> that's not much of an endorsement. Um, uh, who would uh, if 
you were to equate the style of an Isaiah Swerve Scott in the realm of hip hop, who would you equate him to? I am the wrong white guy to ask he, about that. Is he more of a? Is he more of a Snoop? Is he more of a Dre? Is he? A, <laughs> you know uh, what? Let's go with Dre because Dre has everybody else writes his shit for him anyway. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. See, yeah. I, I was figuring I was figuring Swerve to be more like a Tech Nine or a Busta <laughs> Rhymes, like a super uh, super fast technical rapper, which is my which is my favorites. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, it's just more. Prof- uh, skill and proficiency that i enjoy listening to i i, I don't i don't uh stay super deep in the hip-hop realm but i just want to say uh for the record because i don't know how many times i've said this in recording Couple, but go ahead um uh, <laughs> no no what i will say is uh scenario by a tribe called quest is one of the greatest hip-hop oh. tracks of all time and the highlight really is buster rhymes guest performance on that ah well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So, scenarios uh, is a fucking is, it, is it's a jam, jam. It's a jam. And one of the things that was so, so a buddy of mine used to have a Sirius XM and we would, you know, we'd be going out doing things and we'd have backspin on, which was, you know, where they played like eighties, nineties hip hop, which good shit. Well, yeah, to us was, but the thing that was so frustrating was their station identifier was the opening beat of scenario. Uh, So So every single time we'd be like, Oh shit. Scenario. Oh, Oh, uh, it was it was it was, it was to equate that to to me it's like uh hearing an mtv news brief and thinking uh it's the beginning of peace cells by megadeth but nope <laughs> just the baseline <laughs> yeah uh by the way we can mark this show in the history books as the show where i talk about both tech nine and hate breed yeah. with uh with similar type of uh adornment as i am wont to do well done <laughs> well done uh, anyway, Bronson Reed. If you Reed, want to combine the two, there's yeah. a band called Bionic Jive that put out like one album in Holy 2001. It's called Armageddon Through Your Speakers. Uh, and it was like the height of new later. metal. Yeah. What's that? I'll be Googling that later. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's uh, two uh, Killer Mike style rappers over like, you know, a <laughs> shitty generic metal band. Uh, it's I love it. <laughs> uh, that, that reminds me, as, as again, we've just turned this into like a weird new metal appreciation. Uh, are you familiar with the Loud Rocks compilation album, Chris? Am I familiar with Loud I, I'm Rocks? I'm going to assume you are. Some of it down, doing shame. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got that. Yeah. You got the uh, Incubus Big Pun cover. Um, yep. You've got Tom Morello and RZA doing Wu-Tang and nothing to fuck with. Like, that is front to back kind of amazing. Seven Dust did something on there as well. What was Seven Dust song? I don't fucking remember. Oh, man. The, the system of a down shame really um, really sticks out as the, the uh, highlight. Let's see. What is seven, seven dust though? did what you see is what you get with exhibit. That's right. Good old X to the Z, baby. Come yes. on. Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's good, it's good times. Shit. Good it's good times. Good shit. Uh, Bronson Reed ended up defeating oh, yeah. Johnny Gargano and Roddy Strong. I'm hoping this means we end up getting a Roddy Strong Johnny Gargano match at Takeover. I don't see why not. But uh, all th- all three guys looked really good. Reed in particular, this is probably like his his big moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, Tim Thatcher defeated Oni Lorcan in a really good match that they should have actually just promoted. It was on the show. They only promoted uh, the Carrying Cross Dominic Dijakovic match. And, and the big announcement. And the big announcement. Like, yeah, I, well, they could promote pre- the triple threat because yeah. it. But it's like it was a pre-taped show. They could have announced everything else i don't know that's true it was I don't, you know 
Anyway, Timothy Thatcher, Oni Lorcan had a dope match. I really yep. enjoyed this a lot. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with either guy uh, moving forward, but I'm fine with them continuing to punch each other in the face. It's weird you brought that up because I was thinking about that. Like, what's the what's the future for Timothy Thatcher in WWE? Like, (laughs) I'm not sure where he fits in to their grand scheme of things. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, He'd ask for his release. (laughs) Can you imagine him on two? I mean, I could imagine him tossing around some little luchadors. Um, but man, that would be a bummer. Yeah. Uh, for the non-video watcher, I threw up a two Oh five. Yeah. Um, which is shocking that it's still a thing actually. Yes. Then we went back to the back and yes, Chris, you're right. Mercedes, Mercedes, uh, Mercedes Martinez officially joined the Robert Stone brand. So you got that. Then we had Finn Balor shooting Finn Balor, YouTube shooter, Finn Balor, uh, cutting a promo for the triple threat for next week. Uh, talk about how he's going to give the rub to some greenhorns or who knows some what the shit. fuck ever. Yeah. yeah, making towns, brother, brother. Uh, anyway, it's Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher versus Dexter Loomis, which makes me think the the AI that is now officially running NXT is gone amok. Well, it's not the AI; it's the random eye. It's fucking Shawn Michaels. We'll get into we'll get into Shawn Michaels melodrama when we get to the main event. But um, yes. the Tim. The, I mean, who do you, who do you think goes on from that? I feel like it's Tim Thatcher's time to get that uh, get that rub, right? It's gonna be fucking Dexter Lewis. <laughs> You're right. What am I thinking? Yeah, of the guys in that triple threat who have an actual storyline, it's gonna be Dexter Lewis. God. Then the main what event ha- happened. To NXT. Quarantine, man. No, it was it was starting to go down prior to quarantine. I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I to quote uh, uh, Virtual Pros, uh, uh, another wrestling podcast I listen to, like, unless it's the women, they don't seem to give a shit about anybody. It's it's a bunch of just dudes. Yeah, <laughs> like there there are there are easily a dozen people in NXT who don't have a storyline or a character. They're just there, and They're some of them there. include people we like. You know, the aforementioned Oni Lurk and Tim Thatcher match are just yeah. two guys. They, I mean, they both like to fight, so they have that going oh, for them, oh, which is nice. The professional fighters like to fight, right? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. The pro wrestlers like to fight. Yeah, gotcha. So they're they're both fit Finley now. That's yeah. <laughs> yes. So the main event was Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee. No, it's not not Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic, and ended yeah. up involving Keith Lee as they yes. went full Rocky Four for the finish. Okay, I was really into this match until yep. that shit happened. Yeah, and boy, did that stink. Yeah, storyline segments like that do not fucking work in front of the weird no NXT crowd. fake yeah. crowd. Yeah. Uh, I I don't quite understand why exactly. By the way, they they kill all the lights for the NXT presentation. It makes it just feel weird. Yeah, but yeah, it, it really underlined how sterile and odd that storytelling like it made everything feel like it was happening in slow motion yeah it definitely went on too long yeah uh <laughs> yeah. it was uh you know don't come in and save me this is my you know i have to do this sort of yeah. fucking just terrible melodrama so uh, apparent raw superstar dominic dijakovic basically got <laughs> shoot murdered by carrying cross so yeah now we're gonna get and a cross and lee at take over triple x 
And I'm not sure if it's the angle at which they were shot or if he was really laying them in. But some of those forearms that uh, Cross was throwing on Dijak were fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a rough one. The match was dope, and like I said, I was yeah. really enjoying. It. Like Dijakovic oh, yeah. was was hanging tough. Yeah, you know, with with Cross, uh, and there was a lot of good stuff in there. And then it just until that left, dumbass down finish, Sappyville, and then it yeah. was just like, ah, fuck this, I'm yeah. out. So. On the other side of the Wednesday Night Wars, AEW Dynamite this week kicked off with the TNT title open challenge. Cody in the ring, Pyro going off, waiting for his moment, and who should be his opponent? He doesn't need entrance music. He's just going to talk shit. It's Eddie (laughs) Kingston. My boy, Eddie Kingston, making his national television debut. I know he is part of Impact, but let's be honest. It was on fucking it? pop TV at that point. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess the NWA doesn't count because that was just YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So Eddie yeah. Kingston popping up on TNT, cutting a hell of a promo. Yeah. That was about, really good. Talking about how Cody talks about doing the work and working hard. And it's like you grew up around legends and uh, called, throwing it back, calling him an egg sucking, uh, egg sucking dog. Yeah. And then also an egg sucking bitch. And he bitch. threatened to take Arn's eye out, which yeah. <laughs> that that shoot Choice. made me howl. I loved uh, that. that was, I loved that, that was some good shit. Uh but he said that uh Tony Khan uh gave him the okay to make it a no DQ match if Cody said it was okay. And uh Cody, after being called a bitch, uh did sign off on it. And uh that was just a great fucking promo. Like within 30 seconds, you were just built this idea that Eddie Kingston is an angry man, he's a tough yeah. man, yep. and he wants to fuck up Cody. It's all about presentation, man. It's all, it's the way, you know, it's the way he presents himself, the conviction with which he talks, the words he chose, everything about yeah. that was fantastic. And I'm going to say this was my favorite Cody match since probably Cody Dustin, and and I, I completely admit I am 1000% biased, but... I loved this match. I'm trying to think. Uh, trying to think back of the other Cody matches recently. You know, the Ricky Starks one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. The Jungle um, Boy one was pretty fun. Jungle Boy one was fun. Uh, uh, Mark Quinn one was fun. But so much of them are like that that Cody presentation. That idea yeah. of like here's all the shortcuts. And yeah, there was a shortcut in in the thumbtacks, but it was more like Cody decided to work Eddie Kingston's match. Yeah. Than than vice versa because it just was hard hitting. It was two guys beating the absolute shit out of each other, yeah. uh, including Cody taking a, a side uh, backdrop right on top of his fucking head. Um, yeah, and a power bomb onto a the power tax. bomb onto the tax, which I did not expect when when Eddie pulled the thumbtacks out. I thought for sure yeah. that he was going to be eating the tax. No, Cody just took a sick ass power bomb. Yeah. Right into the tax. Uh, yeah. Um, and Cody ends up winning because uh, Eddie Kingston fucked up his knee during the match then got caught in the figure four while Cody was in said tax. Um, yeah. And uh, Cody pulls out the win. But one hell of a showing for Eddie Kingston. I mean, I've been watching this guy for 15 years now. And I was so, so happy not only to see him, A, pop up for this but b have a great match and you know to see so many people online who had never seen him before just talk about 
how much they loved his promo, his conviction, his yeah. uh, his sense of realness in the ring. Like I, I thought it was great. Yeah, it was it, like his brawling style. You know, it's it's a little bit sloppy at times, but it adds to the realism in there. It was uh, it was really fun. I I enjoyed it, and uh, you know, the open challenge continues. Yes, as it has been announced that next week Cody will be facing Warhorse. Fuck yeah, Warhorse Wednesday night on Dynamite. Chris will be mid vacation going fuck all this shit. I don't need this yeah. water. Find me TNT. <laughs> Get me to a bar with cable. Yes. Yeah, that's 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 what's going to happen, or I'll find an illegal stream online of it. Yeah, yes. super stoked for that. Um, and you know, I it speaks to Tony Khan and the EVPs at AEW for you know actually listening to their audience as opposed to other companies who say they listen and that the audience is in charge and then they do their same old stupid shit over and over again. Um, You know, they're giving these guys shots and who knows how far this could uh, continue into the indies. If you know, there's a, I mean, there's not a big chance. There's probably very slim chance that Warhorse wins. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a chance. But uh, probably the, the TNT Open Challenge will continue and keep giving uh, indie superstars, you know, a chance on national TV. And yeah. it just goes to show, um, you know, the work ethic of Warhorse, uh, who, you know, if you don't follow at JP Warhorse on uh, Twitter, you should because mm-hmm. uh, he's hysterical, gives great promos, you know, had some really fun uh quarantine videos um just is a hustler he he hustled and gets his name out i i don't even know how i first heard about him uh something on twitter that he was retweeted by somebody that i followed i'm like who's this guy and then i followed him and you know am now a fan without having seen any of his matches he could be a shit wrestler for all (laughs) Uh, and we'll we'll find out the the good news is he is a good wrestler so um It'll be interesting to see how he does on, on Dynamite this coming week. But to talk about Dynamite from Wednesday night, uh, yes. the show continued on with a John Moxley promo, which I liked a lot because he was putting over Taz basically saving Brian Cage's ass. And uh, I, I like yeah. the line of, you know, it's unfortunate because right now you could be laid up in a hospital with the good drugs. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that was really good. But uh, basically said, you know, if he and, and Cage throw down again, he will destroy his arm. So... Uh, clearly, that was continuing as we'd find out later in the show. But then we had MJF going one on one with Griff Garrison. Griff Garrison has been on AEW Dark, uh, yeah. and He's this been was in the his, crowd at Dynamite. Yeah, so this was his Dynamite in ring debut, and MJF uh, basically mocked him and then beat the crap out of him, including calling him Jungle Man. Because he does look like an inflated jungle boy. He does. I absolutely love when heels grab the mic in the middle of a match and start talking shit while they're beating the shit out of somebody. One of my all-time favorite things. And MJF, you know, just really crushed all of that right there. Um, And even, you know, the the comeback or two that uh, Griff uh, had – you know, was was exciting and fun, and you know, obviously he didn't have much of a chance of winning. MJF remains undefeated, uh, which was the crux of the shit talk, but still uh, a fun fun segment there. Yes. Uh, then we go backstage from earlier in the day. Tony Schiavone backstage with Rebel Reba, whatever her name Rebel, is this week. Rebel Rebel Reba. Uh, and they're going to visit Britt Baker, and Britt Baker is talking about how she's going to make a great comeback like Michael Jordan did with the Wizards, <laughs> yeah, which. <laughs> 
which was really funny. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed the segment. I still love the visual aids. Yes. I love the conspiracy stuff. Still, yes. uh, still, still going here. You know, yeah. she's got the knee taped up. She's got the nose taped up. She's just fucking convalescing yes. and being a bitch in a chair, and it's amazing TV. And uh, <laughs> props to uh, to Rebel th- for throwing out the line about how. Uh, she watched Space Jam 19 times and yeah. Michael Jordan beat the Monstars every single yeah, time. Every single time. Yeah. <laughs> she was taking air notes for things that Britt told her to remember. Yeah, there yes. was there was some good subtle work there. I like yes. that. Uh, Taz and Brian Cage come out for a promo. Taz said he and Cage had a difficult week. Um, sort of talking about what uh, Brian Cage hinted to on Twitter about how he thought about firing him, that sort of thing. Says Cage isn't wired the tap and, you know, um, he's going to make sure that uh, Cage is never in a point where he needs to tap again. Here comes Darby Allen running out, but he gets blindsided and gets kind Ooh, of enzoed by uh, Ricky Starks. Uh, so I, I need somebody to uh, Darby's head yeah. bounced off the top rope. Yeah, I need somebody to um, uh, edit the Scott Pilgrim KO. Yes, over over that uh, gif of Ricky Starks murking Darby Allen there. That was brutal. Yeah, and and if that wasn't enough, after he whiplashed himself on the ropes, Cage comes out, power bombs Darby Allen on the stage, mm-hmm. and then power bombs him from the stage into the ring. Yes, brutal, absolutely brutal. And then uh, they were going to Cage and Starks were going to continue to beat down uh, Darby Allen. But out comes John Moxley for a save with a barbed wire bat. And it looks like we are getting a, as they're officially called, Team Taz feud with Darby and Mox. I like Team Taz. It's basic. It's alliterative. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex Marvez in the back. Still hired. Still not replaced by Justin Schlegel. Um, Shame. Shame, shame. He's with the inner circle. Chris Jericho is talking about how his orange jacket is supposed to be white. Cost him seven grand. Arch Cassidy ruined it, so he's going to ruin Arch Cassidy's career. And then he was talking about the main event of the evening, talking shit about Jurassic Express. Said Luchasaurus wasn't really a dinosaur. Sorry, kids. Yes. Then we had a video package talking about that this summer there's going to be a women's tag team cup tournament called yeah. the lethal draw um it's going to be 16 women eight teams it's coming this summer and uh from what it sounds like this may become an annual thing if ratings are strong that's it's a clever idea i like it especially with the women's division you get uh, a chance to bring in some new talent let some of the talent there shine in the uh preview like 40 second preview that they aired i think there were only like seven i think uh, women that were shown. Yeah, I, I remember seeing Swole, Anna J, mm-hmm. um, Penelope Ford, Hikaru Shida, basically the women you would expect. Nyla Rose. Yeah. Um, and uh, there may have been one other in there. But yeah, that leaves, you know, eight others. Of course, you had Ivelisse and Diamante have a match later on. Chances are they could be included in there. Um, Abaddon was one that we, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. would like to see back at some point. Abaddon going to be on Dark this week, by the way. It's actually a pretty okay. packed episode of Dark, uh, including, um, I think it's a triple threat with Private Party, Pri- uh, Proud and Powerful, and SCU as the main event. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. Because, um, you know, Dark's becoming a show where things actually happen. Uh, Tuesday night yeah. prior to Dynamite, that's where Ricky Starks joined Team Taz, so. 
they're making it worthwhile. Um, so I watched it. <laughs> it hey. <laughs> Also, you get Excalibur and Taz just trying to make each other crack up. So no, I, I, yeah. I, it's just too much. I don't no, have time for I, all that. I don't blame you. <laughs> um, so we head to the back. It's the Bucks. They've got a ref. Let's do this Falls Count Anywhere match as they oh, head boy. to a kitchen where Butcher yeah. and Blade are actually cutting meat. Yeah, like legit steaks and legit knives. It looked like I was at, yes. at a certain point when like. Uh, they were being tossed around on the prep table um, and like the knives are on the ground. I'm like, guys, fuck, be careful. Like yeah. ref, who's it? Was it Paul Turner or Rick Knox? It was, it Rick, was Knox, Rick Knox, right? Yeah. yeah. Like Rick fucking kick that knife out of the way. Like Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah, yeah. guys. You got one job, Rick. Come on. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah uh, having steaks thrown at their faces uh, is <laughs> an absolute ridiculous highlight. Yes. A slice bread off a walk-in door. Uh, another ridiculous yeah. highlight. Um, it, it was it was a, a false count anywhere match between the yeah. Fox and Butcher and Blade <laughs> that started as almost like a comedy match. But turned yeah. into just a crazy brawl because um, yes. you had, you know, random fights going on outside. Basically, the closer he got to the ring, the more serious it became. Right. Um, I think my personal favorite bit was uh, the Bucks did a double super kick onto Blade, which sent him onto the escalator, which he then slowly <laughs> went up on. Yeah, and he went to commercial. <laughs> yes. That was a, that was a great bit right there. Yes. Uh, but as they went into the arena, it turned into, you know, kind of your standard plunder-filled brawl, uh, including uh, suplexes on the floor, some table stuff. There was supposed to be a bit where the Blade did a tope over the top, uh, missing the Bucks who were on the table. And I think he was supposed to go through the table. Instead, he just topeed himself to the goddamn floor. Yeah, I feel like his like head or neck caught the side of the table too, which made it even more brutal to watch. It was real bad. Yeah, that was like, ugly. It was really ugly. But uh, this was just such a fun, crazy brawl. Ended with uh, Matt Jackson hitting an elbow drop off of the stage onto um, onto the butcher, while Nick butcher, Jackson yeah. hit a senton onto Blade. Uh, concurrently, you know, off the two sides of the entrance ramp. Yeah. Um, Wild, crazy match. Really enjoyable. Basically, you know, between that and Cody and Kingston, two great matches on Dynamite. Uh, I know a lot of people like the main event. I wasn't super in love with it because Jake Hager was in it. But um, we'll, we'll talk Definitely about that. took it down there. a couple notches. Uh, but yeah, that match, that, that tag match was a blast. Uh, yeah. Full of crazy, fun violence. Um, and, you know, uh, apparently hit over 1 million total viewers at one point. Yeah, yeah. Which means they are actually legitimately getting close to raw numbers for random yeah. matches now. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Marvez back in the back. Again, still not replaced by Justin Schlegel with Jake Roberts and Lance Archer. Marvez asking why Archer wasn't a fight for the Fallen. So Archer then proceeds to murder half a dozen random guys in the locker room. Yeah, what were those guys doing in there? I don't they know. Were... Did they? Was it just me also? Was it the NXT UK roster? It looked like a bunch of white dudes with beards. It looked like a bunch of fucking Mark Andrews's. Uh, they were all like little guys that got shoved up into ceilings and into lockers and into trash cans. <laughs> Uh, you know, if there's one thing, um, I would say is to one, Mr. Jake Roberts, don't wear light shirts like that because it really shows, uh, your sweat stains. Yes. Yes. Um, it's a problem I deal with often, which yes. is, <laughs> so trust me, Jake, I'm a professional. I know what to do here. Yeah. Uh, wear darker colors. Yes. Then we had Diamante and Eva Lise 
kind of a Mortal Kombat style palette swap match between Scorpion and Sub Zero here is you had <laughs> one grumpy Latina lady in all red versus one grumpy Latina lady in all black. Uh, yeah. This started really good, but man, Ivelisse was huffing wind like maybe three minutes in. Yeah, she was uh she was she was a little uh, blown up. Uh yeah. but it got a little chippy at points. They were they were they were laying them yeah. in to each other. So, uh, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I I liked those first few minutes after that it kind of lost me and there was an inset promo too which kind of threw me off. I yeah, I'm totally that, cool with them doing that. the superstar style <clears throat> inset promo. Yeah. But um and it was big swole talking shit about Britt Baker to build to their match at all out. But, yeah, but uh, it just made you think that these two in the ring weren't important. Yeah, I will say I was surprised that Diamante ended up being the one going over. Yeah, I mean, she was, I, I can't figure her out in terms <laughs> of my level of attractiveness to her. Yes. I can't tell. I can't, I'm, I'm confused. It's okay. It's okay. She got, she got, the, she got that dumper on her, which. Well, I I'm can say, unlike, fan of. unlike Aubrey Edwards, where I had a hunch, which only proved to be half right. I can say legitimately, Diamante is not built for you, sir. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't I, I, stop I know that doesn't stop you normally, but yeah, it's you know, have I stopped watching Sonya Deville in a weird way? No. No. Am I not watching Tegan Knox in a weird way anymore? Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, Alan Angels five <laughs> back at it. As Good he's going one on one with Hangman Page, Hangman Page, who, uh, <laughs> according to the Crown this week, was seeing how this white wrist tape goes for him. I say it's a I good look. I didn't even catch that. That's yes. hysterical. Yes, his, his uh, crayon this week was let's see how this white wrist tape goes. What I did enjoy about Paige's um, entrance is that he had the bandana on, ripped the bandana off to a mask yes. <laughs> under the bandana, which yes. was just choice. Yes, Some our, really our good favorite shit. neurotic millennial cowboy continues to do things <sighs> very well. Man, if you would have told me in July of 2019 that hangman page would be one of the highlights of my weekly wrestling viewing. Yeah. I would have called you a fucking liar. Yeah. He's so fun though. He's so fun. Oh, and this man. match was super fun. Like, yeah. Alan angels. He's legit. Good. Brought <laughs> like, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I thought was also interesting was page pulled out a fucking last ride for the finish. Yeah. Huh? So you know. I guess everybody's working on their B finishers right now. Um, Anyway, uh, post-match, the Dark Order and Brody Lee and Colt Cabana came out. Brody Lee got in the face of uh, Hangman Page and offered him to to join the Dark Order. And Page said, he's not really ready to join a cult right now. (laughs) Which which is great. Just perfect delivery. You know, it was was spot on. And Brody was like, now you made your bed and you're going to lay in it or something like that. So that that made me me think Hangman Page joined the Junior Campers. But, you know, that's that's a whole different thing. Ernest Borgnine is going to be sitting around fucking campfires (laughs) telling ghost stories. I don't know. He loved him and from here to eternity, of course. <laughs> Sergeant Fatso Jetson. <laughs> anyway, Dark Order goes to attack Hangman Page. FTR runs in for the save. Omega runs in after that. Where was Kenny Omega? Um, and uh, uh, FTR and he was playing and, Final Fantasy VII remake backstage. He probably, didn't, didn't realize yeah. Page was out there. Yeah, FTR offers Hangman Page a beer, and then Omega looked on grumpily. So there continues to be some dissension. Announced for next week on Dynamite, uh, the 
aforementioned Cody Open Challenge, which we now know will be against Warhorse. Hikaru Shida versus Diamante in a non-title match. A mm-hmm. Tornado tag match with Darby yeah. Allen and John Moxley going against Brian Cage and uh, Ricky what, Starks. Ricky Starks. I was like, I know his last name is Starks. What is his first name? I always call him Cody Starks. It's not Tony. Like this. Tony, Tony Starks. Tony Starks. Uh, <laughs> and then for the tag titles, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson getting a shot against Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. How do they become the number one contenders? They are undefeated in 2020. As a How team. many matches have they had? Quite a few on Dark. Okay, all right, because I don't remember seeing them tag yeah. in this year. <laughs> uh, they they were building momentum pre-COVID. Okay. Uh, and then they've continued on dark. So Gotcha. Yeah, I was wondering about that. And then the main event was Chris Jericho and Jake Hager from the Inner Circle going against Jurassic Express's Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. This was a fun match, but goddamn do I hate Jake Hager. <sighs> He's... He's the worst. <laughs> There's really, really like I don't I don't get it. Yeah. What's the appealing factor of Jake Hager? What in Jim Ross's mind? He big. Aside from being from Oklahoma and being an amateur wrestler, he big Chris. He big. Okay, he that big big boy. He's maybe an inch taller than Luchasaurus. He big. All right, put your put your eggs in the Luchasaurus basket because he's a lot more entertaining to watch. He's a lot he more agile. Big. He big. He's big. He's a dinosaur. He's 65 million years old, baby. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. He's got experience. He's got millions of years of experience bumping and feeding. Okay? That's true. That's true. And by feeding, I mean tracking down velociraptors. Yes, and munching down on them. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Jungle Boy continues to look like a future star, and I really thought Jungle Boy was going to get the win here, but then Serpentico... AEW dark jobber and random guy in the crowd shows up and hits Luchasaurus with a baseball bat. Pulled the old Dick Togo here. Yeah. And I was just like, they're putting the Serpentico in the fucking inner circle. I mean, on paper, it would not like it says about AEW that the idea of them just randomly elevating obscure jobber into a heel stable is not a crazy concept. But then, of course. The mask comes off. Tony Schiavone throws back to That's Not Cyclope and says, That's not Serpentico. God bless you, Tony. As 30 days of suspension later, here's our boy, Sammy Guevara, back in yep. the inner circle. And I Much think the, the delight of the inner circle. Yes. I think the thing that I enjoyed the most was uh, Jericho gave him this look like, You plan this on your own? And I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he told he totally sold it. Uh, if there were uh, uh, an issue, is that Sammy forgot there was a second uh, button on the mask? Yes, <laughs> and yes. the reveal happened eh, about ten seconds too long, but yeah. uh, it still worked, and it was still fun. I mean, the shooting star, just a beautiful shooting star. Yes, shooting great shooting star. star. Yeah. And it was announced as the show was going off the air, yelled by Tony Schiavone, and that perfect. Fans, we gotta go style that just added to next week. Five on five, the best friends and friends will be going against the inner circle. Uh, the best friends and friends being best friends Orange Cassidy, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus versus Jericho, Guevara, Hager, Santana, and Ortiz. That match should be stupid fucking fun. Very, that's yeah, next week's looking fucking great. Yeah, and considering uh... they had great ratings this week, I, I yeah. hope it builds and builds and builds through them. Let's get that momentum going here, kids. Yeah. And then more importantly, when you're done, 
hire our fucking boy instead of having fucking Alex Marvez bumble fucking his way through these promos. He's, Let he's, our boy bumble fuck through those promos. <laughs> Alex Marvez has to have some questionable search engine history information on some of these guys up at the top. <laughs> That's the only thing. I can think that would keep that guy on the payroll. I mean, look, Jim Ross keeps his questionable history just out in the open and his likes on Twitter. Jim Ross has won the award seven months into 2020 as horniest Twitter 2020 (laughs) wrestling edition. That's a big win there. There's some very horny Twitter going on during quarantine. Yeah, very much so. Wrestling Twitter after dark. What's up? (laughs) Oh, God. Why did we need to see so many wrestling fans shirtless? Why? Uh, You want to see another one? Oh, God. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U-C-E-G-J-2-1-N, lowercase w, capital G, lowercase k, capital P, M, lowercase l, capital D, N, 7, lowercase c, 3, lowercase r, lowercase f, U, V, Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Listen here, baby brother, got some of the kinder care kid, baby, five little small people running to and fro around their house. You got some shit to do. Leave them with me, Dusty D. Diddle Rhodes at the Dusty Rhodes Detention Baby Center. That's right. It's a daycare for your little shits. I was able to raise Dustin into the wackadoo, tranny, gold-covered wackanizzle that he was, as well as Cody. Whatever he did with that mustache, baby brother, he picked it up at the Dusty Rhodes Detention slash daycare center. We got stuff to climb on. Big boxes, small boxes, a mama Celeste pizza for one. That six of these motherfuckers is going to have to split. Ain't nobody going to get enough food. Someone's going to have to have some Kool-Aid and five pitchers of water, but only one packet. That shit's going to be watery, baby brother. Ain't nobody going to get enough to eat, drink, or play with here at the Dusty Roads Detention Center. Look for me. I'm the house with the spots and the sun with the gold ass paint passed out in the front yard. Use code MUSTACHE for 5% off your child if it's a baby of color, baby brother.